If it is important to women, it's important to Wilds Worldwide. Hello, I'm Alyssa Wilds of Wilds Worldwide, and I thank you in advance for your support of my podcast. Like Wilds Worldwide on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram at Alyssa's Random Thoughts and Twitter at Wilds Worldwide. We are on all major podcast platforms and broadcast on Facebook Live on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Like, share, follow, and subscribe to Wilds Worldwide. And remember, if you still have a pulse, it's because you have a purpose. Find your purpose, walk in your purpose, live out your purpose every single day. See you or talk to you real soon. Ayo, you know what this is. It is Weekends with Wilds Worldwide. We are back. We are back. And I need for everybody to do what it is that we always do. Like, share, text, tag. Get all the people up and on. Let them know that Weekends with Wilds Worldwide is back. I need all of my people to get in here, like, immediately. I need them all to be here because we are a body and a, a sisterhood of women who pretty much go through the same things. And I need for you to hear this young lady's story. You need this. Hashtag you need this. I need for everybody to get up. Like, share, text, tag all of your people. Um, say good morning as you come in. Good morning, Meek, at 10.01. That's my girl. Hey, Meek. So I need for everybody to like, share, text, tag. Get all of your people up and on. Let them know that we are, in fact, back. Good morning, Rob. This is an important conversation that we've had in small circles. Never so big on the in in the forefront um and i need to have this conversation hey hey soror do your thing today pam do your thing do your thing girly she is speaking and i need for everybody to support my soror pam grace in baltimore she's doing her thing i need for everybody to get up and on text your people let them know all of the women and all of the men who love a woman. I need for good morning, Jerry Wilson. I need for everybody to get in here because her story is like none other. We are talking about the superwoman complex, how we feel the need to save the world, even at the cost of ourselves and how we constantly, constantly even want to save people while we're wounded, while we're down, while we're, you know, all the way down or taking one knee, we're still trying to save the world. I need for everybody to get in here. I need for you guys to begin to follow and subscribe to all of my podcast platforms. The link is in my bio on Wilds Worldwide page. I need for everybody to like follow, subscribe, and invite your family and friends. Good morning, Kat. Invite your family and friends to do the same. Bring everybody in because I have Brenda Lee Morales and I need for you guys to hear her story about her superwoman complex. I'm telling you that while I struggle with what I struggle with, listening to her speak yesterday, we had our, our, um, our catch up, you know, yesterday morning, we had a small conversation about where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do with this particular show. And I was floored by her story. I really was so much so that I got off the phone with her and immediately called Soror Pam and was like, yo, you have to connect with her. You, we have to put her on everybody's platform because everybody needs to hear her story. So before I bring her out, I need for y'all to keep doing what y'all doing. I think this is going to be a mimosa kind of morning. So I'm telling you guys that I need for you to go ahead on and add a little something to your orange juice because this conversation is going to be one of those, those, this, this show is going to be one where we end the show with 300 comments and all kinds of spins on it. I, I envision that this is going to go extremely large. And if you're not watching us on um, live, 
always know that you can watch us on a replay and we appreciate you either way. If you are watching on replay, hashtag replay for me, please. It will be up on all major podcast platforms by Tuesday morning. So if you're not watching us, if you can never watch us on Facebook Live, that's okay because we are, in fact, everywhere. The link is in the bio to everywhere that I am. Again, I need for everybody to like, share, text, tag. Hey, CJ, I appreciate you coming back. Like, share, text, tag, get everybody up and on. I am about to introduce this young lady who is a little bit of everything. So let me, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you who she is. Brenda Marlez is health, wealth, and happiness, work. She is global IoT or LOT, Internet of the Internet of Things, IoT, Internet of Things, Digital Development and Deployment Principal Program Manager for LTI, Agile Transformation Leader, Business Strategy, Scalability Expert. Global Operations Executive Advisement, SME, school, her schooling, industrial and organizational psychology. She has an MA. She is a PhD candidate. Good Lord. Inaugural member and creator of the Veterans Service Organization. Private mental health organizational health practice is coming soon. And business, she is a crypto university founder, educator. I'm not even going to play with that word. Crypto life coaching, Marley's beauty lipstick line creator. Lord have mercy. She's everywhere. Marley's consultant, consulting owner and operator, providing global business strategy and planning to all business. Military, gold star wife, surviving spouse of Sergeant Rico Marley's of the United States Marine Corps. Have I not said a mouthful already? Do you understand exactly who exactly we are about to bring out? And while you've never heard of her before, I am certain that this is a name that's going to be spun and pushed out all over the place. Once we, in fact, hear her story, we are going to we are going to identify with her story. We are going to grieve with her and for her. This is an amazing thing that is about to happen. And now I bring out Brenda. Hello, Brenda. Hi. How are you? What is that word that I cannot say? What is that word? <laughs> it's demystifying the complicated world of cryptocurrency and investing. Girl, demystifying. <laughs> I could not even see that in the moment. I was like, I don't even know what that is. And I'm not even going to mess up my whole swag and trying to even try to say that. But welcome to Weekends Thank with Wilds Worldwide. We are so, in fact, happy to have you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you wanting to come here and tell your story. I think your mom is here. Proud mother on yes. board. Hey. I see my mom in the comments. Hi, mom. Yay. Um, thank you for the warm welcome. You no you really problem. did me justice. So thank you. You are dope. You are super <laughs> dope. Just listening to you. And I want everybody to know that she is the sibling of my fort, Jameson Fort, that I so love from Brim, um, Kansas City <laughs> School District, right? And I was telling her, I said, it is amazing how much you sound like him. He is the calm when I'm going absolutely ballistic in the school district. I would be hanging from this, the ceiling like a chandelier at eight o'clock in the morning. And while I'm going ballistic, he would be like, oh, oh, see, no. but here's the thing. This is what he would always start. See, but here's the thing. Ford, I don't want to hear the thing. I'm already going. I'm gone. Let me go. And then I would be going crazy. And he would be like, okay, so Wilds, we're going to Wusa. 
Mm-hmm. How are you that calm when I'm swinging and kicking at the same time? I mean, he's holding me back with one arm and I'm going ballistic. And he's like, but we're going to Wusa. It's okay. Let me call in the tribe. We'll mm-hmm. be fine. So because you really are a little fort. Oh, absolutely. There's always a solution. And, and we're very strategic in that way, right? Like one thing we say, you know, I'm married. So, you know, Marla, as I adopted that last name, but as a fort, you know, we face adversity all the time. And we've kind of gotten to the point where we like nothing really surprises us. Right. So when things happen or, you know, something goes wrong, there's no panic in our family. It's just what do we need to do? So, you know, that translates into everything that we do, whether it's like business, whether it's personal relationships. So, I mean, it makes for us being like the right person when something goes wrong or something happens. I mean, who do you call? I know I call Jay. We need to bring you guys back here just to teach that. (laughs) That right there is a skill set in itself because I just couldn't get it. He would be able to talk me down. I'm not going to say quickly because I needed to get through what I was going through. And then it would be, we would laugh about it later, but I'm like, yo, I, I was gone. He was like, yeah, you were gone. And it was only 8.02 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is definitely a skill set. So let me ask you this. What does the superwoman complex mean to you? Hmm. Right into it. So the superwoman complex, I mean, it's, I think it's very simply us stretching ourselves us needing to be perfect, needing to be everything to everyone at our own detriment, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem, the, the thing that we're not discussing, right? I always refer to this um, meme that's like around, going around on the internet where the woman's in the ocean and she's drowning and she's like reaching her hand up and a hand pops out and they like high five and they're like, you're doing great. And then she continues to drown. So the superwoman complex is our ability or our need to take any and every situation and be excellent. And it doesn't matter what that means for us physically, mentally, and emotionally. It just means that everything around us stays in order because we're continuing to run it. We're continuing to solve the problems. We're continuing to be the steady, to be the rock, to be the foundation in the lives of others and really for ourselves. The problem with it is we end up neglecting ourselves. We're being excellent to the point of burnout. And the superwoman complex is really how everyone sees you as a high achiever. Everyone sees you as the person with all the answers, the person with all the solutions. But when it comes to a need for vulnerability and it comes, there comes a time where you need to be, you know, protected or you need to be held or you need to be vulnerable. You need that person. You need that superwoman. People look at you for answers to your own. <laughs> so they're like, if you can't solve the problem, then who can solve the problem because you're the person I go to. So the superwoman complex, what it does is it isolates us because it puts us in a position where people don't see us as vulnerable. People don't see us as having the ability to be weak or be broken or to need help. And we operate with the understanding that people see us in that light. And what it does is it puts undue stress on us. It affects us mentally, emotionally. It affects our health. It affects our lives, our finances. It affects every single thing that we do. And the problem with it is it's kind of a a double-edged sword, right? Because when you show the vulnerability, the part that people don't talk about is it's scary. Mm -hmm. It's scary when Superwoman is down. It's scary when Superwoman says, I need help, because that's who everyone's running to for the answers and for protection and for security. 
So how do you combat the fear of having to tell people that you need help while also running yourself ragged and needing that help? And that's really how Superwoman Complex, it helps us to achieve, but it also puts us in a position where we end up lonely and burnt out and sad and frustrated <laughs> and in need of support. Dear God, she's she just put my whole life into a sentence, <laughs> the last sentence. The last sentence is Alyssa at 49. So how does this attach to your life? Tell us your story. Um, I think that's kind of always been an issue for me, right? I, I think I've always been the person that um, people see as having it all together. And in my own, as my own personality, I'm very problem solving driven and I'm very solution driven and, and I'm okay with trying and failing and trying and succeeding. But when people see that, they get the impression that you're type A and you can do everything, you, you got this, you're, you're good, right? Like you're so strong. And in my life in times that I've needed to be vulnerable and needed that support, sometimes people may not see it or they don't know the best way to provide that support. And, you know, I know we talked about it, you know, my husband, he passed away this year in January. So it's very recent. And while lucky for me over time, like I've been able to develop, I have a really strong family support system and I have some really good friends. What I got was quite literally people saying, I have no idea how to help you, you're so strong. You're so strong and you're so good at everything and you're so capable. And for someone who feels like they're like at completely just vulnerable and stripped and on the ground, being told that I'm strong and capable, it didn't help me figure out how to put one foot in front of the other. And understanding again, the superwoman complex, I'm more concerned about everybody else than I am about myself. So, you know, even in that instance where I'm grieving and I don't know up from down, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, my husband's family is going to be so devastated. My family is going to be so devastated. Everyone's else going to be so, are you okay? I'm like reaching out. How are you doing? How are you doing? And people are raising an eyebrow at me like, you know, sweetheart, like you're asking me how I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So even in the instance where you expect vulnerability from people, you know, as a super with the superwoman complex, you shy away from your own vulnerability in order to protect others. And I mean, going into the rest of this year, I, as, you know, still being a grieving widow, you know, I'm still working, still in school. I can't even allow myself to get a B in class, you know, and for some, you know, just going to class or just you know, having the ability to, to complete an assignment should be enough, right? You're, I'm grieving a spouse. Mm -hmm. But for me, no, it's, I need to do the best that I can because it's bigger than just, you know, getting the assignment in. It's about what does this mean for my future children? What does this mean for my future self, right? And the superwoman complex is always thinking big picture and small details. So you big can't- Big picture and small details. <laughs> yep. So you can't even find the vulnerability to say like, okay, just submitting the assignment is enough. No, I have to do it and be excellent at everything. And so that's been rough for me. So that's a lot. That's a whole lot. Because I just read off your resume, right? Mm -hmm. And all of the things that you're doing, all of the things that you're responsible for, all of this, and you lost your spouse. 
at the top of the year. Was there ever any time off? Any time off at all? No. I mean, I mean, okay, Alyssa, like, when do we get time off? What do, oh, when I never get time off. off. <laughs> I never do. I never, ever, ever do. I don't. I don't. I'm just hoping because I've told you, we, we've had conversations. We've had two conversations. Mm -hmm. And I said that you are the superwoman. You are who I wish I was mm -hmm. at that age. Because now I'm at 49, abruptly trying to pull away from everything. I am exhausted. I have never once lived life. I have always been um, with a child. I got married at 18, had Miles at 19. So I've never once been an adult without a responsibility. I didn't have that life. I was the non-traditional student. I did everything kind of delayed, you know, um, all of those things. And now at 49, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. So it's not just about my children who are now adults. It's about other people's children as I work for the school district. Mm -hmm. It's about everybody and always giving and friends who just need to drop by to tell their stories even while i'm going through the things that i'm going through there's never ever ever time off and for me and i just had this conversation yesterday with rob my homeboy rob i said it's a shame because i don't know how to adjust my mm -hmm. light switch is either on or off so i'm giving my all or i've totally shut down and I'm hoping that there is someone, though, because Rob asked the question, is Superwoman Complex, you know, um, something that we can turn on and turn off? Is, is it is it something that you walk into? Is it something that you agree to kind of thing? But for me, I'm so frustrated with having given everything away. That there's no there's no time for me. Mm -hmm. I'm always put on the back burner. I'm always. I don't prioritize myself. I didn't build strong enough boundaries. You know, I, I can admit that I have a lot to do with where I am. So I'm not going to act like the world has beat me up. I know for sure that I've, I have a whole lot to do with where I am. I'm just hoping that Brenda, though, mm -hmm. Brenda, though, with this extremely impressive resume, with her beautiful self, with all of this talent mm -hmm. and knowledge and experience already packed into, into only 30 years, so far is better than Alyssa. Mm -hmm. I want you to be better than Alyssa. So when was the time off? When was the mm -hmm. so where's the balance, right? Yeah. And so I think that's why we needed to have this con this conversation, right? Where do I see the balance, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look up, you know, superwoman syndrome, and you look up just the impact, right? So superwoman syndrome ties into our imposter syndrome, right? Everybody thinks that, you know, if you have imposter syndrome, you think someone's going to pop out and be like, aha, you know, you're a fraud. You're not actually great at what you do. And so that drives us to be, you know, or want to be more perfect or more excellent. And ultimately we end up burning ourselves out, right? Like chronically unable to manage the stresses of day-to-day, -day, the stresses of work-life balance. So the way that I combat that, because, you know, half of our conversation is what's the problem? I think the other half should be, how do we find a solution? I Absolutely. like to think of myself as aggressively innovative. So mm -hmm. 
one of the ways that I do combat that need to be excellent all the time and that need to be on all the time. I, someone actually mentioned in the comments, it's being on, right? They mentioned that they have to turn it completely off. That's also to our detriment, right? You don't want to have to turn it completely off. You want to have a balance in your life, right? And one of the ways that I do that is I always tell myself that I'm okay with trying and failing and trying and succeeding. There's no such thing as perfect, right? And really understanding that it's okay to try and fail, just like it's okay to try and succeed, it creates a balance in what you do. Not saying it's easy because you know everyone wants everything to be perfect all the time, but the reality is the difference between us knowing something and us not knowing something is time and information. Absolutely. So the point of knowledge that we have on any particular thing is a matter of time and information. So we have to be okay with knowing that we never get to the point where we have all of the information. Mm -hmm. We have to be okay with this learning process. Every single step of it. It's not about getting to the end. It's about the entire process. So for me, I don't really turn anything off. What I do is I do things incrementally. If I need to complete something, whether it's for work, a lot of times my job is about coming up with solutions to problems that don't have solutions mm -hmm. or even projecting out problems that might not exist yet but projecting to see if you can figure out or, or or anticipate issues that may come up and a lot of times the solutions and the the solutions that i'm creating they don't exist they're mm -hmm. it's it's innovation right and innovation is all about lack of perfection <laughs> No idea. You have no idea if it's going to work. So you have to be okay with trying and failing and trying and succeeding because every step that you take forward is an opportunity for you to assess. What you want is the data. I tried to do this. I stumbled, but I got it done. Okay. What area can I do a little bit better? What can I do? What can I tweak to do this a little bit better? And I'll make it like most basic level, right? I am still grieving. Sometimes like I, I, I literally cannot, can't bring myself to do dishes in the sink. Right. And to me, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm horrible. Like I'm not doing the dishes in the sink. Oh, I'm horrible. I need to fold the laundry. Oh, sometimes I just can't fold the laundry. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just can't do the dishes in the, in the sink. Sometimes what I need to do is sit and watch TV for a little while. Sometimes what I need to do is take a drive. Being okay with, you mentioned before, giving yourself that break, that space to just be a mess, be whatever you need to be, happy, sad, joyful, 30-second dance party. I am huge on 30-second dance parties because <laughs> sometimes you just need to dance it out and get the emotions out and get the feelings out and move your body so that you can reset yourself. You have to give yourself the grace to be imperfect and be whatever you are in the moment. But understand that you can have bad moments, but every day is a good day. Let me say this, the word, when you're speaking, the word that comes to my mind is redemption. Hmm. And my dividend and I, um, my dividend is, is it's five other sorrows, five of my sorrows that are just my good girlfriends. And um, it all started in a dividend and Angie has um, a man cave slash dividend. So that's where we started to hang out. And that's just what we call ourselves. But we have uh, they have a recurring role on Wilds Worldwide where they come on every the last Saturday of every month. And just last week we were talking and it was just random topics. We had brunch together, brunch and brouhaha last Sunday. 
And somewhere in there, we talked about the word redemption came up. And Tamika said, where is the redemption for black and brown people? Um, our white counterpart, she brought up Robert Downey Jr. She, um, and then we just think of like Drew Barrymore on the female side. They are able to take time off, go into rehab, come back, do all of these things. And we are right there to welcome them with open arms and love on them. But I find as a black woman, I'm not allowed to, to leave the abusive man who is not only ruining his life, but ruining mine and the kids' lives. That's not my story, but these are just examples. We're not allowed to leave that man without the world criticizing us. He's down. Why would you leave him while he's down? Never mind what he's doing to me. We're not allowed to take time off. We're not allowed time to disappear and pop back up. We're not allowed time for any of those things. So what does that look like? What does that take time off look like for us who are not allowed? We're, we're not redeemable. Mm -hmm. in society's eyes. Once we go down, there's so many tags put on us. There's so many labels. And then we're just kind of cast away. What does that look like for us? How do we do that? Honestly, I don't, I don't think we disappear and come back brand new and shiny. I, I think we don't, like you said, we don't have the luxury of disappearing, right? But we do have the fortitude to create and put those breaks into our day-to-day -day life. So it means that we have even more of a responsibility, even more of a responsibility to take care of ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, mm -hmm. financially. We have even more of a responsibility to create our lifestyles around that grace that we need to give ourselves. You know, we might not be able to disappear for, like you said, three months and come back a brand new person. But if we need a vacation, we need to take a vacation. Mm -hmm. If we need support, then we need to be able to have a person, and, and this goes both ways, have a person that we can go to and say, hey, sis, I need to cry it out. I need to put my head in your lap. Something's wrong. I just need to get it out of my system. And be the person that goes, come here, sis. Come on. Like, That's it. You know, feel That's free, it. Feel free to let it out because it doesn't make you any more or less strong. It, it makes you stronger that you're willing to say, I'm not okay, something's wrong. And you're looking to get those emotions out as opposed to just holding it in and trying to be, again, perfect for society because you don't have the option to slip up or mess up. We have to create that for ourselves. But with because the superwoman I, complex, are you noticing, like I notice, that I'm constantly this person mm. and not receiving a whole lot of the lap to lay in? you know, the shoulder to cry on, or just a moment's event. I noticed, and I will tell a story. I'm not going to go into deep details. Um, but there was this summer, this summer was a very rough time for me. I got some news in May when I was planning on having this wonderful summer. I got some news in May that kind of shaped my whole summer. And I needed to act. I needed to get through some things. And it was just hard. And I needed some time. I really just needed some time to figure out some things and go through some things. So by August, I was in a pit and an absolute pit, just trying, wallowing, still encouraging, still being a superwoman, still encouraging. What I noticed though, with the few people that I was comfortable and talking to, with the few people I would notice. So, so I'm, I, if I say that I had five people that I spoke to, 
Three, only three listened. Only three actually gave me the space and time to talk without them trying to own my situation, without them adding on where they've been and how they've gone through all of these things, just allowing me time to vent. And I wasn't looking for anybody to save me. I was not. I was looking to just release. And three out of five, I mean, two out of five wouldn't even allow me to do that. So then there came that time where I was like, I have to detach. So I found myself kind of running away. So you say, you know, being able to do this, not only am I supposed to be able to listen and pour out, but also inviting people in. How often are you invited in as a superwoman? Because I'm not a lot of times invited in. So I think more so this year, what I've found is, I told you people have been honest, right? Where they're like, I'm not totally sure how to be supportive. I just want you to know I'm here. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that says a lot, right? Like that's that's people extending themselves, even if they don't totally know how to be supportive. Mm-hmm. But I want to touch on something that you mentioned, the people that you're reaching out to, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that that studies have shown, you know, help to alleviate superwoman syndrome and just give you kind of the break that you need is, is they say ask for help, right? Very generically, ask for help. It seems so simple. Just ask for help, right? Well, one of the problems is we don't ask for help and not asking for help also in turns means that we don't know how to ask for help. And so one of the things that um, I always talk about and and I'm like really developing the strategy as we're talking about it, because it's something that um, I'm also working on with my PhD mm-hmm. is tactful asking. Speaking, speaking a very specific language so that people understand exactly what your expectations are for them. So instead of, girl, I need to vent, it's, hey, are you in the space to hear me out? I just need to vent. I don't need advice. I don't, I don't need anything. I just need an ear to listen. Are you in the emotional space to mm-hmm. hear it, receive it, and be okay with it? Because what you may find is, again, we have to give others the grace the same way that we, we have to give ourselves the grace. You don't know what anybody else is going through, especially not in the moment that you pick up the phone. You think you're picking up the phone because you're in an emergency and you need something. You don't know if the person on the other end is literally in the middle of going through something. Absolutely. Right. So so understanding that part of that reciprocal, you know, part of that friendship and that relationship is not only being able to say I need help, but being able to say, are you able to give me the help I need in the way that I need it? Mm-hmm. And it, it's very, it is tactful, right? Because what you're looking for is I'm reaching out with the need of a listening ear, nothing else. So you need to be able to say that. And that's another thing that we need to be, you know, a little bit better at. And we need to learn how to do asking for exactly what we want and need. Mm-hmm. We have to be very clear about it. I struggle with this still all the time. Every day, <laughs> I struggle with asking for exactly what I need because I don't like to ask for help. I don't like to ask for help. I'm getting better at it because I know I don't like to ask for help. And I have to ask for help through my teeth, right? Like I have to address myself because it's a detriment that I have. So when I ask for help, and I'll use your example, right? Call my friends. I just need to vent. Hey, are you free? Are you available? 
you know, do you have some time to talk? Maybe like half an hour. If the answer is yes, okay. The answer is no, okay. I'll call you back at another time or you give me a call when you have some free time. I just need to vent and I wanted to vent to you because you're one of my closest friends. Mm -hmm. So you've told them what you need. They're going to call you when they have 30 minutes or an hour to hear you out, right? So now they know what they, they know what you need and you're having the conversation with them. Then you ask, like, are you in a space where you can hear this? Because, mm -hmm. you know, I just need to vent it out, but I also don't want to burden you with anything, right? So that's where you're starting to have the conversation and you're also respecting their emotions. So I, I am a firm believer that mental health needs to be an everyday conversation. It needs to be a part of our day-to-day -day lives because mental health is not just about having mental health issues. It's about remaining healthy mentally. So doing things that perpetuate strong and healthy mental states. And that's being considerate of other people, being considerate of yourself. So back to that ask, now you've asked for the time, you've told what you need, you've been specific, and now she knows I just need to listen and hear you out. And at the end, speak life to you and maybe give you, you know, some positive words. And now she's been a great friend, which is good for her. And you've gotten the friend that you need. So how does Superwoman get help? From other Superwomen. Mm. It has to be a tactful ask. If I need, for example, if I have a financial question, I'm going to go to the excellent woman that I know that understands finances. Mm -hmm. If I need to vent, so, you know, I'm a widow now, but in my marriage, I was very happily married. If I need to vent, I'm going to find my happiest married friend and I'm going to vent to her because she's not going to say men are terrible. He's horrible. She's going to say he's human. He's imperfect, just like you, because she's also in a happy, healthy marriage. Mm. So you have to know that one to one correlation of who it is that you're asking and be very tactful. I think that I'm going to stop you right there, because I think that that right there is key. That is extremely important, ladies, as we listen to Brenda speak. Because what we oftentimes do is we go to our friend. Sometimes our we're asking for advice about our marriage and they are so super single. And we take their advice and then end up in a way. While we're trying to get our finances together to buy a house, we're talking to someone who lives reckless abandonment. Come on. And I think that that right there was so very important. And I'm going to let you get back. Let me say this, though. Mama Fort, I just want you to know that you birthed greatness. <laughs> These two baby forts that I've, that I've encountered are amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. So thank you, Mama Fort, for your contribution to this world. So, okay, you can go back now. I just wanted to tell her that because you two are amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, so, I mean, when it comes down to it, what you want in your life is balance, right? And I think someone is commenting about being judged. So they commented a little further up about being embarrassed and being judged, right? And I think that's where, um, and we talked about this, right? Really creating a network, right? Creating a network of super women, right? Or super people, right? Because men need that support as well. But creating a network that is deliberately there for people to be able to extend the hand, right? And that sense of trust, right? Trust is so important. So 
one of the things you mentioned about me is like with crypto university, right? So my husband and I, we had started a school just to teach people the fundamentals of investing and kind of demystify the space, right? Because some of the scariest things about investing are just decisions that need to be made. And a lot of times there's a lot of scammers out there. There's a ton of misinformation. And the best thing you can have when you're trying to navigate that space is someone you can trust. And sometimes it's not about understanding what to do and where to go. And No, you just want someone there that's knowledgeable about the subject that you can ask questions to so that you can get facts, fundamentals, and information so you can make an informed decision on your own. That's that's the fundamental. It translates into crypto university, the school. It translates into mental health when you're trying to understand what is it that you're feeling. Oh, I'm I'm not excited about work anymore. I'm you know a little pessimistic about things. I can't quite you know get that excitement. It's like, well, are you starting to burn out? So being able to speak with people that can put words to the things that you're feeling in every facet of your life. And I think that network has to be very deliberate. And it is part of what I'm working on with my PhD, really creating that network so that when people say, hey, I have questions about this, whether it's mental health, whether it's financial literacy, whether it's how to build their life and balance their lives in a way that helps them to most focus on their their passion, their position and their purpose. And really all of those things have to come into play because when you're mentally healthy, you're able to see where you have imbalances and you're able to ask very specific questions for the help and to gain the information that you need to make better decisions. So a lot of it is balance and it's scary and it's uncomfortable and it does. And Jay, Jay actually commented, choose your tribe, choose your tribe, having a deliberate good group of people that have all these multifaceted backgrounds and have all this information and have all these different skill sets. So I'm going to go to my financial guru for financial questions. I'm going to go to the relationship guru for relationship questions. And then I'm going to be this particular person for this network. So now we can all lean on each other. And with that trust and that friendship comes the ability to be vulnerable. And now you have a super squad <laughs> who can lean on each other when they need some help and they have some questions. So it's it's not an easy thing to do, but I mean... Who said life was going to be easy and who said that this journey was going to be easy? It, it doesn't have to be easy, but there are ways that we can make it a little bit better because there's always going to be something to tackle and that's okay. That's part of life. How we tackle it is what matters. The things that we do are what matters. So let's position ourselves to do them in the best way possible. That's how we really live our best possible life. Let me ask you, let me pause right here and ask you, how are you faring? Genuinely, how are you faring with all that you're responsible for and all that you are handling? How are you faring? Um, I am. I'm doing well. I'm terrified. I'm always anxiety. Right. Like I'm I'm exactly what you expect from somebody that's grieving. Right. I'm excited because I'm excited about the work that I do. I'm excited about school. You know, I genuinely am like a pretty bubbly person, but I also have this intense heartbreak that I'm just living with on a day to day basis. I have this intense weight on my chest that I cannot, I can't get rid of it. You know, so 
I operate and I can have a smile on my face and I can be, you know, as happy-go-lucky as the next person, but I'm intensely grieving and I'm intensely sad. And I think that's a part of grief that people don't talk about. You know, grief is not just, and I, I say it, I've been saying it all year, grief is not just being in the bathtub, you know, shower running over my hair with my friends, like, you know, trying to like tell me it's okay. Grief is this. Grief is me still getting up and going to work and being able to smile and laugh and still having extreme heartache. That That's what grief is. Not being able to look at toast because it reminds me that my husband always wanted toast every morning, even though he wouldn't eat bread because he was a Marine and he was always worried about being fit. <laughs> you know, it's it's having an immense amount of love for someone that you can't give to them. It's painful. Yeah. It's painful. And I am still totally in love with my husband, even though he's not here. And that's painful. Holidays go by. Oh, it's going to make me cry. Holidays pass by. It's painful. Damn. And I still have to do my job. I still have to, you know, be on. I still have to be that person. I still get the questions of what, you know, what should I do? Who, how should I move forward? How do I develop my business? And, you know, to be fair, my business and work and school are things that bring me joy. So I lean into them and I can have joy and have pain at the same time. And I think we have to be okay with this. I can be an intellect and I can be a an academic and I can be excellent for the world and still be broken and still be hurt and still be pained and still be weak and still be vulnerable. And it can't be seen as a weakness. Pain, it just can't be seen as a weakness. And that's something that I've been struggling with this year because I haven't totally been given the grace to be weak. That's it. That's it. You need to make you a. Didn't mean to make no, you. A no, 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 no. But I think I have honest, really been just struggling mm -hmm. for my friends. Mm -hmm. I've been struggling. I've been struggling, and we had this conversation yesterday that I've just been struggling with Black women's mortality. Yeah. I've really just been struggling. Um, we had a Sora Madiva Den's line sister, um, Sora Donna Bird Taylor. Um, she passed late, probably the last couple of days of July, and then. August hit, oh, gosh. and I saw a sister friend, sister-in-law, Sheree Huff Wilds. Her mom passed at the same time that my good girlfriend Shelly Flax's mom passed. Wow! And my line sister Yolanda was alongside of me as we were uh, doing a repast for our line sister Sheree. Um, we were doing a repast for her mother, and uh, within a couple of days of that repast, Yolanda's mom passed. And then we had uh, my ex-husband, my children, their great aunt, my, my ex-husband's aunt, and my ex-husband's best friend's mom on the same day they passed. And this is all from July 31st to now. Mm. And then one of my classmates who was right alongside of us in August, um, having our 31st uh, class reunion, she then passed. She had a heart attack when she, she went back home and Crystal passed at 49, perfectly healthy, running marathon. So we thought, 
and then she's gone. And then Miss Terry's mother, Miss Fields, has passed. So there has been all of this loss while I was going through my own grief, while I was going through my own pain. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to hold on to my sore sister friend's hand, you know, just trying to be there if, if it's not just but a text message. Because what happens is people will gather around you during the, the moment. Yeah. It's after. It's yeah. the after when you're so alone and the ceremonies have ended. Yeah. And the Popeye's chicken has stopped showing up. <laughs> you know, it's all of those things. And, and it's just so hard. Yeah, what people don't realize is, you know, you're not just grieving the loss of a person, you're grieving what could have been, right? And in my particular instance, my husband passed away. We were 29. It was four days before my 30th birthday, six days before his 30th birthday. We were talking about celebrating our 30th. And I was joking about not wanting to turn 30, right? Not wanting to give up my 20s. But we were supposed to start having children this year. You know, when like my plan for my PhD, that was something that we planned together. There were all these things that we planned together. I expected to have a whole life with this person. So it's not just grieving their loss, but also grieving all the moments that you thought you were going to have together. Oh. And you have to you have to really like go through those with a fine tooth comb um, every holiday that hits, you know, it's, it's moments that you just won't have together. Those little things that pop up that, you know, Oh, he would have loved this or, Oh, that person would have loved this. Those are moments that you just won't have together. And grief is you still having that love to give them. You still wanting to say, Hey, look at this thing I saw. Let me send you this meme. And you can't. And that's the part that, you know, it doesn't, there's no time limit on it. It doesn't go away after a month, two months, three months. And I think in my particular case, you know, me being so young and being widowed, a lot of my group hadn't even experienced losing a close friend, let alone a loved one, let alone a spouse. spouse. So what happened in my case to some effect is the shock of losing your spouse especially when we were such a you know happy couple and we were so social, they all grabbed their spouses closer to them and like kind of, you know, backed up. Mm-hmm. And nor- that's to me, that's normal, right? Because if, if the tables were turned and somebody else had lost their spouse, I knew I would have grabbed Rico and been like, don't you go anywhere, you know, like this is so scary. So understanding that, but also understanding I'm now living a completely different experience than the people around me. And it's scary, the idea of losing someone. So they shy away from me just because the idea is scary. So there's an isolation factor to grief. There's an isolation factor to loss that people don't talk about because we just see grief in the movies and we just see grief, you know, very intellectually. Oh, you're sad because you lost someone. There are five stages. Those stages are not linear. They happen all at the same time, constantly. And you don't know being adjacent to someone that has lost someone, how that's going to feel. So we're not, we're not always gentle when it comes to people that are going through something, let alone people that are grieving. And I think the desensitization that we've seen just in our society has perpetuated this notion of really just judging one another or being hard on one another or expecting people to get over it and as long as it takes for a TikTok video to end. And mm-hmm. so we don't have this concept of long consistent activity and long consistent behavior. So we can't conceptualize someone that spends a year grieving or two years grieving. I have I'm in contact with widows, especially being a military wife, right? 
we lose a lot of military members. They've been grieving for over a decade. I can't, I can't conceptualize that. And I'm a widow. But that goes to tell you that it's just this world that exists when you have heartache, when you lose someone, when you experience something. And it's not just grief. It's anything that people go through, trauma, relationship trauma, anything. Some people have workplace trauma, discrimination exists. Like every single thing that we deal with, every single person is struggling with something. And we're not giving each other the grace to be gentle with each other enough to understand that those things plague them every single day. At the end of the day, I have all these things that I'm doing. I am still a black woman in America. And we know what that means. That means I don't get the grace, right? I don't. I do get the microaggressions. I get all of that. And I have to deal with all of that on top of trying to navigate this new world and navigate this pain. It's, it's very difficult. And at the very least, what we can do is be gentle with one another, be supportive of one another, and create the space where even if the world is bearing down on us, we come together to hold each other up because we don't have yeah. the luxury of crumbling. So we have to be supportive of one another. We have to have that network with one another. And that's all a part of creating your super tribe, creating your own network, creating. So we're finding that you are creating because you're a creator. You know, you're creative um, all the way around. It's, it's just who you are. So even in your grief, you're trying to create something, not just for you, but for us. So it just never ends. It just never, it just never ends. How are you, what are you doing for yourself outside of, here come Fort with his mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> he is constantly dropping mixtapes. Um, mm -hmm. What are you what are you doing for yourself? What are you doing for yourself outside of all that I've read and all that we know you to be? So I've actually had to learn better self-care. So I'm I, I say it, I'm aggressively innovative, right? I'm also like aggressively positive. So I've had to like aggressively positive myself into learning better ways to self-care. So um, when I'm not, you know, here in the North visiting family, I am down in Florida. So mm -hmm. some of the things that I do is I, back to our, our discussion about actually like making things part of our day to day, I actually schedule self-care. Like I make time for self-care because I will talk myself out of it. I'm the type of person that will power through work and school, wake up 6 a.m. and be working until 11 p.m. And, and not think twice about it. Mm -hmm. So I've had to check myself on that, along with like my friends checking me and family checking me. But I've had to check myself about it. And I've had to learn that, you know, taking that time for self-care is just as important because at the end of the day, your body's going to tell you when it's burnt out. You can't make yourself stay up if you're exhausted. You, you just can't do it. You're gonna burn out eventually. So I've had to make time for self-care. 
And what I do is, whether it's a spa, whether it's going by the beach, I have a little dog that's always with me and always traveling with me, whether it's taking her out to the park, like I actually schedule things and I keep them scheduled every week, every two weeks, things that I need to do to make sure that mentally I'm giving myself a break. And I, someone said, curate your social media feed. So I've always been very, very like tactful with social media. So my social media in general is very positive, but being an international business, I don't put anything personal on social media anyway. So curating your social media feed is a really, really good one. Um, and that's something that, you know, for the past seven or eight years, I've been very intentional about. So that's another thing because it does play into, if we talk about technology, the algorithms and the information that you see. So my social media is super positive. So when I am on social media, it's only going to give me good things to look at. And that's another aspect of mental health that we need to pay attention to. Social media is a psychological game. It's all mm. about giving you those good feels. So you want to make sure that you're absorbing the right information because those good feels can also turn into negative aggression, all of that ambivalence and, and things like that that come from those negative videos that you find. So making sure that not only you're scheduling time for self-care, but the things around you are promoting a positive self-speak, a positive impression of the world, a positive impression of your environment, because things just like negative news can drive into your negative speak and drive into intrusive thoughts and you know really start to deteriorate your mental health as well. So for me, it's it's being intentional about surrounding myself with good things, good people, good information, positivity. I do not, especially this year, I do not allow for any any negativity. If it's negative and it's not something that can be resolved in the moment, I just, I simply can't do it. And I'm honest about it. I have to be harsh about it sometimes because 2020 me would have been like, let's work it till we can solve it. I don't have the emotional capacity now. Mm. And being able to, and I'll tell people, I, I don't have the emotional capacity for this. And I hope they can understand, but I'm not responsible for them understanding that. I'm just responsible for being honest, communicating, and then what they choose to do with the message is not my responsibility. And that's something that, again, I've had to work on and teach myself as well. And I think more people need to understand that too. We're not responsible for how other people feel. We're just responsible for doing the right thing, communicating as clearly as we possibly can, and being as respectful as we possibly can. But what they do with that, it's none of our business. So I want to pin um, moments. If, if you guys, I need for everybody to then go back, edit this video, moment 52 and a half, 52 and 30 seconds to 53 and 30 seconds. And I need everybody to edit that out. I'm going to edit it and put it up because what you said is extremely profound in that moment. We are responsible for telling the truth. And however it is that they take it or don't take it is their business. I think that we spend so much time trying to wanting people to get it, wanting people to understand where we are, that we then burn our own selves out trying to help them to understand. So then we add more frustration on, into, onto our already frustrated selves. And I think that that's something that we need to learn. There's so much that I, at 49, need to unlearn so that I can be happy, you know, so that I can take off this cape at times, 
so that I can allow another superwoman to superwoman me. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to say that I do have a circle. I do have my people. I haven't always been, um, I haven't always had the luxury of black women loving on me. It's just not, you know, for some people, they would just talk about their their crew, their tribe, and, and I'm in awe about it. But most of my opposition came from black women for a very long time. So to have a network of women that I can actually rely on is an amazing thing. And that's new to me, like in the last four or five years. It's very, very new to me. So I appreciate that. I really do. But there have been so many things that I had to unlearn, even in those those now healthy relationships, so that I don't taint it, so that I'm not the person coming in and tainting the relationship. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that I, I, in fact, had to unlearn because I was, I was told and I was taught by my mother who was raised the same way that you dress up that pain and you push through it and you never let the world see you sweat and it's okay. So I was used to scheduling tears. I was used to always, always long black trench coat, always got on some kind of hat, a big pair of shades and I'm tipping. And I once let out, I was taught to dress up my pain. So it's when I'm at my sharpest that my pain is the greatest. If I show up in, in damn near a ball gown, I got gloves up to satin gloves up to my elbow and my fedora is tipped to the side with a feather in it. Know for sure that I'm on the brink. And then there began to be women who read that, who would just come and rub my back in the midst of that because I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know how to deal with it. I knew for sure that these kids need to eat. My heart is broken today. This man has hurt me. This situation has hurt me. This woman that I entrusted has hurt me, but I got to keep pushing and I got to keep pushing and I got to keep pushing. So there are so many things that I have to unlearn because I was taught to be a superwoman. I was taught to carry the world on my back. I was taught to keep pushing and never stop, although it hurts. I was taught all of those things. So now at 49, I find myself sometimes resenting people for not giving me the space. Not me not taking the space, not me creating stronger boundaries and pushing people back so I could have some time to myself, but people not giving it to me because I've granted it to you. Why can't you give it to me? So now I'm mad at the world because I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted and there's not enough of this for me. You know, I'm I'm doing so much of this. And my, my father taught me that the universe will give me back what it is that I give. And that hasn't always been my story. So I'm looking to you and I'm listening intently with everything that you say, because you said we need to talk about what the issue is. And then we need to come up with a resolution or begin talking about a resolution. And it is, it's boundaries, it's, it's radical self-care, it's scheduling self-care. And that's something, and I don't know if any other woman on this platform can um, attest to this, if anybody can relate. But I oftentimes, I oftentimes put me last, even when I've scheduled, you know, even my schedule is flexible for the people that I love or the people that need me. Mm -hmm. I have plans, but okay. If you need my car, you go ahead because I don't matter. And every single time I'm, I'm learning now because I'm telling you Tamika my Tamika of, of my dividend has been, and while Tamika won't lecture you, Tamika's life is amazing to me. And I watch, 
And I ask questions if I need to, because a mentor needs a mentor as well. Mm -hmm. So I watch and I listen and and I observe because she is hardcore happy. Hardcore happy. And I didn't meet her that way. So I've seen the the transformation that has happened. And I'm asking and I'm watching and I'm learning to take better care of myself. Because Alyssa has always put everybody first. So when you're telling me that I need to schedule things, and if and if I schedule to work from sunrise to sunset, I, I'm allowed to do that. And if I schedule to just drive up all the way to Newark just for some shrimp, I'm allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. And if I schedule to sleep in and be and do nothing all day, I am allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. And I thank God, not just for your story, because I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> I thank God for your story. I thank God for your life. I'm, I thank God for you feeling comfortable enough to come on my platform and talk to all of us who are in our 40s, nearing 50, who have yet to get to the point where you are while you're grieving with this long, beautiful resume at only 30 years old. We just didn't know. We just didn't know how. You know, and we felt we felt bad for wanting to take care of ourselves a lot of times. And I know for sure my best friend Shantae will say that we've been forced to feel bad about taking care of ourselves, about taking the trip, about, you know, getting our hair braided at the braiding salon rather than at somebody's house. About all of the little things we've we've been made, we've been forced to feel bad about those things. But as Brenda said, we need to begin to create super tribes. We need to connect with the people who can um, give us the greatest information about certain things. It doesn't always just have to be your girlfriend. Because Mm -hmm. if she has had a thousand terrible relationships, why am I talking to her about my relationship I want to preserve? Why? Why is that? And if she will take a dollar and twist it up, burn it up, if she can't hold a dollar in her hand for five minutes, why am I talking to her about, you know, saving for home ownership? Mm-hmm. Okay, Brenda, I'm finished. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> got me and my feelings on a Saturday morning. <laughs> no, stay on your soapbox. I mean, it, it's it's stuff that we need to talk about. And like I said, even I struggle sometimes with talking about these things and you know, even from an academic standpoint, looking at mental health, right? I'm studying mental health as a profession, you know, in organizations. And it's, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to have your day to day and be great and be excellent for everyone and still understand that, you know, sometimes the most that you can do is get out of bed and make yourself some breakfast and call it a day. And I think, you know, just to that point, one of the things that we have to understand is sometimes, you know, when you don't have a ton of stuff that you need to do and you do have a day off, that if all you can do is get out of bed and make breakfast, the only requirement was that you get out of bed. The only requirement was that you wake up. That was the only requirement. You're already exceeding. You're already being excellent. And I think sometimes our expectations of ourselves are so high that, again, we don't give ourselves the grace to be okay with just doing the bare minimum. Because sometimes the bare minimum is excellent. And I think we don't 
acknowledge that. We don't acknowledge the little accomplishments, the little wins. If you're rolling out of bed, that's an accomplishment. You showered, that's an accomplishment. Every single thing that you do in your day, which is another way that we battle that need to be perfect, that perfectionism, every single thing you do is an accomplishment. You're not going to do everything perfectly. But the fact that you're doing it, that's little little bits of progress. And you want your life to be moving in a direction of progress. And I can speak personally, this year I have had days where all I can do is watch videos of my husband and I and cry. That's all I can do. But the accomplishment is that I got to watch the videos because there was a time that I couldn't think about hearing his voice without crying. So even that was progress. Sometimes it's, we just need those little wins to get us through the day. We don't need to be super excellent, super amazing. We have to give ourselves the grace to just be sometimes. To just be. To just be. And I don't even have any words. I just, I have not been the perfect model of self-care. I just haven't. I've always had a child to take care of. I've always had a responsibility. And even when they weren't my children, I just gave a lot to the world's children. Um. Mm-hmm. And even in your grief and even all that you're going through, I see so much life. I see so much life because you are determined. Your determination where I have laid down sometimes, like I don't even want to fight anymore. You know, I just go ahead. You know, and people see me in such a different life in such a different light. You know, they, they see me because, you know, I, I try to be drag queen fabulous every day and no, no, nothing to drag queens. I, I love it. I love the fashion. I love the style. You know, so I always have on a kimono, a hat or something. It's always something flapping in the wind or whatever the case. <laughs> but I'm going to be honest and say that that usually is me dressing up my pain. It's, it's the pain dress up, you know, so just trying to undo a lot of the things that I've done, trying to undo a lot of the things or unlearn a lot of the things that I've learned that have been become a part of who Alyssa is after all of these years, just so I can begin to live has been a thing. And with all of this, the, mortal, the mortality of all these black women surrounding me, I'm like, yo, you know, every time I'm, I'm like, yo, God, you keep preserving my life. Why did Crystal have to go? And you preserved my life. Okay. There's a, there's a, there's a purpose in this whole thing. I got to get up. I got to live with purpose. I got to do this whole thing. You know, I got to every day. I got to find a new way to just, you know, tap into Alyssa and make sure that Alyssa's happy. You know, even if it's just a meal or just riding by a place or checking out a new space or being a part of an event or networking or whatever the case, it could be minimal. It could just be me going bra shopping. It could be whatever it is that needs to be done that I've put off for other people or other reasons. You know, it's it's just amazing. So your strength is just making my heart smile. Mm-hmm. And I know for sure, I know for sure, because we said this, you talked about strength yesterday. You talk about, you know, <laughs> like how strength, you know, sometimes strength shouldn't be looked at like that. Like, because sometimes you don't want to have to be strong. 
the world forces us to be strong, but we don't always want to want to have to be strong. So talk about strength, because I don't want to mess up whatever it is that you talked about <laughs> yesterday concerning strength, because I remember and I wrote down strength as I'm driving like, ah, oh, because whatever you said. <laughs> See, I, I shouldn't have, stop shouldn't have called you. Yeah, I shouldn't have called you while you were driving because you were like taking notes. <laughs> it was like, so what we talked about yesterday was, you know, people look at you, especially when it comes to like the superwoman, right? And and just women, people look at us and they're like, oh, you're so strong. You're so strong, right? And I've heard that all year. You're so strong. And okay. <laughs> We're strong, thank you, but like I don't need to hear that I'm strong. I need to hear that it's okay for me to be weak. I don't need to hear that you got this. I need to hear that it's okay for me to have all the pieces on the floor and trying to be figuring them out. Like I need it to be okay that I don't have all the answers. That's that's the part that, you know, superwoman really needs. Not for everyone to expect her to have the answers, but for everyone again to give her the grace to not have the answer, mm. to defer to someone else, to say, I, I I just can't. We know how to be strong. We know how to power through. We know how to suck it up and deal. We know how to keep ourselves together. Like you said, we know how to dress up our pain. What we need is for someone to tap us on the shoulder and say, you don't have to. That's it. That's it. That's what we need. Like vulnerability is not a weakness. You look at someone who has it all together and you tell them they're so strong, but vulnerability is not a weakness. Pain is not a weakness. Tears are not a weakness. That's the main reason that people suffer in silence mm -hmm. because they think it's weak to feel. It's weak to have emotions. It's not a weakness to be hurt, to be broken. It's part of our human experience. We don't hold our laughs in, so why do we have to hold our tears in? Ooh. Why do we have to feel embarrassment for having emotion, sadness, fear, anxiety? Why, why do we have to feel like it's wrong for us to be imperfect? No one is perfect. Nothing we do is perfect. Everyone's just trying to figure it out. So why do we have this fear that if we're imperfect and someone sees our imperfection, then our world is just going to crumble? I had to learn that too. And this year, what I've been saying to people is like, look, you need to see this. You need to see what this pain looks like. My friends in particular have always seen me put together. They've always seen me, you know, stride through adversity and come out, smile on my face and everything. And when people ask me, you know, how am I doing? I'm like, my husband died and I'm still working and still in school. Like, I'm a wreck. What do you mean? Well, how am I doing? I'm doing horrible. <laughs> how else could I possibly be doing? Am I keeping it together? Of course, because I'm an adult and life continues to go on. But there can't be this expectation that I'm, I'm okay. There can't be this expectation. Just because you're uncomfortable with the notion that I'm not okay doesn't mean that I should perpetuate this vision that I am. I love her. I absolutely <laughs> love this person. And that's that's the part that, you know, me just being honest that I've been struggling with this year. Because again, I, I get met with these negative responses for being weak, being vulnerable. What? 
if there was ever a time that I should be able and should have the grace to be vulnerable, it's when I'm experiencing the worst thing in my life. So if you can't make the space for me to be vulnerable, then you don't have to look. Like we, we just have to do better. We have to do better toward each other. We have to do better with people that we don't know. We have to do better in general. We just do. Because what's happening is our super women are being driven into the ground and we're losing that excellence. We're losing potential. We're losing them to burnout. We're losing them to pain and suffering. Because when they're drowning in the ocean, we're high-fiving them. High-fiving them for a job well done. <laughs> for a job well done. Instead of reaching the handout to say, you know what? For two seconds, how about you sit down by the wayside and we regroup? And then what's happening is on top of that, we're isolating ourselves from each other. We're scared to have That's a network it. with each other because we can't be vulnerable. We can't be open. We can't develop ah. the relationships and the friendships. So we're these excellent people in these very solitary positions and we're not able to open doors for each other or lean on each other as a collective and actually do some good. We're so afraid to take those steps that we cannot organize. And it's affecting us mentally. It's affecting our financial stability. It's affecting our ability as a collective people to progress in society. We have to stop doing it. Like we just need to start doing better. We need to be accountable for ourselves. My favorite word is accountability. Accountable for ourselves and start addressing not only ourselves and the inadequacies that we have and realize that our inadequacies and our lack of ability to address them does not equate to us creating them in other people. We should not be okay with creating inadequacy in other people because we cannot address with that inadequacy within ourselves. Just because I'm insecure about how I look doesn't mean I get to call you ugly. <laughs> what? Mama Fort? I love you, Mama Fort. You're invited we, to Thanksgiving. We have to do better. We do. So that when we see someone that has, you know, what we think we want to strive toward or what we feel like we're missing, we look at them and go, oh my goodness, an opportunity to learn instead of shying away. We have to do better. We have to see our vulnerability as strength and not as weakness. We have to see our pain as having purpose. We have to, because otherwise we cannot make it productive. And what happens if we can't make it productive? What else are we here for than to build and grow? This has been absolutely amazing. You are amazing. We, but we are here for you. We are your tribe. We are a, a, a tribe of men and women because the men really came out today for you. I appreciate <laughs> you because your brother was on marketing this week. <laughs> <laughs> I, experienced, I experienced one of all of my greatest numbers when a fort is on my team, when my, a fort is on my show because fort will, uh, he, his marketing is everything. So I appreciate you. We are here for you. While we're trying to heal ourselves, we are here for you. We want you to have a safe space where you can just cry out. 
And as you said yesterday, a lap where you can just cry in and somebody rub your hair and with no words spoken. The world definitely needs you. We need your talent, but we also need for you to heal. We need for you to have time to grieve so that you can reach your maximum potential. Because while I read out all that I read out, I know for sure that's not even close to the end of it all. We need to create time and space for each of us to heal. The Sheree who just lost her mother, Yolanda lost her mother, Shelly lost her mother, Tiffany and Sadia who just lost their mother. All that's happening. And all of my classmates that just lost Crystal. We need to create some time and space to just heal, to grieve. And it doesn't have to be a loss of a person. It could be the loss of an income. It could be the loss of a pet. It could be the loss of a relationship. Whatever pains us, whatever ails us, we need to give each other time to heal. For me, it's the loss of my life so much so. You know, so many years that I just wasn't being the best Alyssa because I didn't even know what that was. I wasn't quite sure who I wanted to be or what I wanted to do. So growing roots was just not even an option because I was trying so many different things, trying to discover who I was. And now here I am at 49 trying to still figure it out and being aggressive with the pushback. And for me, while a lot of people may not agree with it, that is, in fact, my way. But giving me space and time and then uh, and, and then being able to give me advice, loving advice when it isn't productive. But just to say, hey, sis, you know, I'm here with you. I understand what you're trying to do. But but why don't you think about it this particular way? But with grace, true sisterhood, that doesn't come back to haunt you. Creating that super tribe of women, because we are so dynamic, we, we are everywhere. Being able to connect with the financial whiz so that she can give us the advice that we need without any backlash, without feeling crazy about yourself because you spent so many years messing up money and not having enough. But vulnerable spaces where women of color can just share and be, and grieve, and cry, but then grow. It is time for growth. It is time for healing in our community so we can, in fact, grow. And as she stated, there were two things that really stood out to me. Well, three. Curate your social media. Curate your social media. Self-care like a toddler. And because I don't hold my laughing, why do I have to hold my tears in? Cry. Cry when it hurts. Just like I will crack up anywhere. I will, man, I will throw my head back and bust my mouth open and crack up at something. I do not cry in that same way. You know, when, I, when your face starts to tingle and you feel that one warm tear start to fall, I immediately exit stage left. But I'll stay and I'll laugh for a good long time. So why is it that we hold back our tears, but not our laughter? We have to do better. We have to be better. My sisters were on my show because this black woman mortality thing has really been eating me alive. It's just been a topic of a lot of my conversation a lot of the time. So I had my sisters on who are both nurses, Angela Wiles and Adair Wiles Voorhees were on and they gave us a list of the top eight things that are killing black women. And I believe mental health, undiagnosed, poor, poorly managed mental health is 
number five in killing black women. Mm -hmm. Mental health. And as Brenda stated before, it's not just about managing poor mental health. It's about taking care of yourself. The whole, the whole way, we're just not taking care of ourselves. And as they stated on, on that platform when Angie and Adair were there, we talked about how Black women uh, put a whole lot of emphasis on our appearance, but not necessarily on our health. Surely not our mental health. We care about how we appear out to the world, how we look. We care more about image versus identity. We have to do better, ladies. We have to do better. We have to do better. Send this whole podcast to every teenager everywhere. I have already reached out to Fort within the first couple few days of the new school year saying, hey, there's still a, uh, a student in your building that I need for you to connect with. I just had lunch with her. She's on the brink already. This is by probably the 10th or 11th of September. School started on September 7th. She was already on the brink. So yes, being concerned about our young ladies, helping them to be able to sort through and sift through their feelings and things like that now. Like let's not allow them to get to be adults that are crashing and burning. The mm -hmm. world is heavy. We're just coming through a pandemic. If it's in fact over, I'm not quite sure, but we've all been in the house for about 18 months. So we've all gone through a myriad of things. We don't know how many people have lost relatives to COVID or just whatever, how many jobs have been lost, how many people were locked in the houses with abusers. We don't know all that people have gone through. I need for us to be kind, be soft, be warm, be the person in someone else's life that we needed in ours. But be kind to ourselves and be warm to ourselves. And make sure that we give what we're giving out to the world, we're actually taking in for ourselves. And at the end of it all, I need for us to be. I need for us to live like Brenda. I need for us to go ahead on and be honest and transparent and open about what it is that we are going through. I'm not asking everybody to get up on my podcast platform and tell your whole story. That's not it. It's not for everybody. And sometimes my mom wishes that it wasn't for me because I'll get up and tell all the business because, yes, I will. And my transparency. But I need for us to be honest with ourselves, come face to face with our truth and what it is that we, in fact, need so we can be better for ourselves, which in turn will allow us to be better for all of the people that love us and surround us. We have to do better. It is hurting my feelings to be in this situation at this age. But listening to Brenda looking at Crystal's life, going through her news, her, her timeline, and seeing how much she lived just this year alone, how many trips she took, how many people she connected with, how she spread herself all over the place, and then she was gone. Looking at Tamika's life, I have to pinpoint Tamika. I'm telling you, when I started going through this whole thing, and I, you know, I've just been in a space of... Um, going through, just kind of sifting through my life. And I reached out to my diva den group chat and I said, Meek, can you show me how to live? Can you teach me how to live? Because I want to. I have the means to, I have the time to, my children are grown, but I still don't even know how to live without them, without the day-to-day -day care of, of them. There's so many things that I'm missing. 
I'm grown, but still needing to know how to take full blown care of myself. And it's not just about my appearance. Oh, I know how to dress Lissy up. Oh, I know how to do that. I know how to put on a whole show and I know how to captivate the attention of most. But then even in sweatpants and a t-shirt, I still need to feel like my best self and feel great and be able to express myself. All of those things. It's just so many things that have been missed. So many things that have been missed. And as I stated in the beginning of the show, I can't blame it all on the world because I didn't create strong enough boundaries. I didn't. There's some things that are, that's my fault. So many years that have been lost taking care of the world and not taking care of myself. Brenda, I appreciate you. We love you. We support you in every single thing that you do and just your grieving process. And we hope that you take as much time and are not, and well, you're forced, so you can't be forced into doing anything. <laughs> I will. I will take time. I will take my time. Trust me. Exactly. So ain't nobody forcing you to do anything. Don't take my time. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I appreciate you being able to tell your story here and helping us to realize what self-care, radical self-care looks like. And how you can be so beautiful sitting here and so articulate and still be grieving hard and be honest about that and transparent and vulnerable and telling your story. I appreciate you. Please tell my audience where they can um, connect with you, where you are, what you're doing, how they can support you. Okay. So on social media, um, I'm on Facebook. You can search my name and you can find me, Brenda Marlez. On social media, my name is Brains and Beauty. It's spelled a little bit different, B, and then Reigns, like the queen, the letter N, and then Beauty. Um, from there, you'll find a link to the school, Crypto University. Um, the enrollment right now has been paused because I'm doing private one-to-one sessions. So you can email me um, my email is my name, Brenda L. Marlis at gmail.com. If you're interested in the school or any other consulting, or you just want to connect and, and talk and get in contact with one another. And um, marlesbeautyisthesite.com. You can go and you can find my lipsticks there. So um, I'm a, I think that's everything. But I think you sure. can with me. <laughs> my, my Twitter and my Insta, they're all the same name, that Brains and Beauty. So you'll find me across. Fort, I need for you to put that all in the, Fort Sun, yeah, I that all in, the, in the comments for us, please. Yeah. Well, um, I think Jay can post it in the comments for everyone, but yeah, I'm happy to connect on anything, whether it's just, you know, I do plan to kind of take what we're talking about and run with it. I did tell you yesterday, I wanted mm-hmm. to create, create that group and that connection. Um, One of the things that I've been doing since my husband's passing is looking to connect um, veterans and their families, um, civilians and non-civilians, because what we're running into is, again, it's this bridge in communication, right? How to ask for help, how to talk, how to, you know, reach and extend the hand. So it's something that I'm actively working with, along with, you know, some other members of the Marine Corps, as well as my family. And so this conversation that we're having, just overall mental health and that's something that um, I'd like to grow and develop as far as creating that superwoman connection. So I think we're going to end up talking more about it, but just something as simple as having a forum where, you know, we all have the space to connect with one another and, and reach the hand and see who, you know, extends the hand back. And that way we can, you know, learn to be a little bit more vulnerable with each other and grow together. But um, I'll say at the end, what I said at the beginning, you know, my thing is all about, 
health, wealth, and happiness, right? In order to really live a fulfilled life, you have to be mentally healthy. And that's a daily activity. That's addressing yourself daily and saying, what can I do to be better? What, how do I feel today? It's, it's mental health is not just an issue. It's a part of our lives, just like self-care is a part of our lives, just like our education and our work is a part of our lives. So just having a mindset of learning, learning ourselves, learning about the world around us, learning about the things that we do will really help us to figure out the areas of improvement that we need and, and also to be a little more gentle with other people. Because if we have a mindset of learning, then we know we're not perfect. And I think once we understand that we're not perfect, then we can give each other a little bit more grace because we're giving ourselves a little bit more grace. So thank you. One of, one of my really close friends, Calvin, just posted my IG, so thank you. Um, he's a perfect example of someone that understands the superwoman complex and extends the hand out and says, hey, you know, I'm here, whatever you need, and really understands what it's like to be a good friend. So thank you for joining and, and to everybody that tuned in and listened in. Just thank you for the listening ear. Thanks for allowing me to be vulnerable. It's not easy to cry on camera. So I was like, You're so pretty. Even You're now, so I'm like, pretty though. about it, like, because I cried. And, <laughs> we uh, all broke right with you. So you were not alone. You were not alone <laughs> in that moment. Even, even I deal with that, right? Like I have like that little bit of shame in myself. Like, oh my God, I cried on camera. But it's it's vulnerability and it, and it just has to be okay. So, you know, I appreciate the fact that we got to have this conversation and you guys got to see me and, you know, hear my story. And I got to speak with you and connect with you and everyone else. So, yeah, just thank you for the time. And I look forward to us having more conversations yes. and connecting with everyone that tuned in. Absolutely. We appreciate you. And thank you. As Tamika said, we thank you, Brenda. We thank you for all that. We just thank you. You've, you've been amazing. We are almost at an hour and a half. Um, and I appreciate you, Sheree. We are still praying for you. Yolanda, we are still praying for you. Shelly, we are still praying for you. The class of 90 Camden High, we are still praying for you. We know for sure that everybody, this is a season of going through. This is a season of going through. And we just have to lock arms in this healing process. Every single thing that I have talked about on my show, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. We can talk about relationships. We can talk about wealth. We could talk about lack of wealth in a black community. We could talk about education. It always seems to come back to our lack of healing. It always seems to swing back around to mental health in a black community Absolutely. and how therapy is always kind of looked down upon and all of those different things. So what we're going to do is we are going to lock, we're going to lock arms in this process. We are going to love on each other. We are going to build each other up because it is so extremely necessary. Meek is just, whoo, Meek, get off my line. I can't even <laughs> stop paying attention to her. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's time to end this thing out. We will. This is not the last time that we will see Brenda. Please note <laughs> part two coming soon. Calvin also said <laughs> we need a part two. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Brenda is, yeah. I have this thing called the Counseling Consortium. And it is a group of Black women who are just all therapists. And they come on and they're just, man, I just can't even wait to see what happens with all of this. That's all I'm going to say. So I'm going to go, <laughs> yeah, Meek, you got me all in my feelings and in my head. So what I'm going to do is we are going to end this thing out with a pulse check, two fingers on your inner wrist. 
If you feel something, that means that you are still here for a reason. God has purposed you to do something in this lifetime. So if you still have a pulse, it is because you have a purpose. God has put you in here on this earth to do a thing. Somebody's healing, somebody's delivering, somebody's knowledge is linked to you being who it is that God has purposed you to be. So I need for you to find your purpose, walk in your purpose and live out your purpose every single day. This is Pulse Check. I appreciate you for joining us yet again for Weekends with Wilds Worldwide. I appreciate you and all that you have done to support Alyssa uh, and me become going from Alyssa, South Jersey to Wilds Worldwide. I appreciate you all. I love you all. And please, please, please make sure that you follow and subscribe us on um, subscribe to us on all major podcast platforms. I appreciate you. Don't you dare forget who Brenda is. Make sure that you are following her on all of her platforms. We are going to buy out the lipstick today. <laughs> yes, we are, because that's who we are and that's what we do. And we appreciate you for joining us today, Brenda. I love you and I appreciate you. And however it is that we can support you, please let us know. All you have to do is go back in and, and add to the comments that will keep scrolling all day long. You'll see that that's, it, it just ain't going to stop. So um, I love you guys, and I will see you guys again back here next week for Weekends with Wilds Worldwide, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, podcast episodes drop on the podcast platforms on Tuesday morning. So if you are watching us on replay, hashtag replay. I love you all. Pulse check as often as you need to. Radical self-care like a toddler. Don't hold in your tears because you're not holding in your laughter. I love you guys. This has been great. We appreciate you. And Mama Fort, yes, again, Mama Fort, thank you for the gift of these two forts, right, mm -hmm. that you've given us. I appreciate you. See you guys later. Bye-bye.